The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. It's the girl, the goddess Chess, Chess World, the Empress Lady Cake Mess. Come on, y'all. Y'all know you love to hear me say my name because I love to hear myself saying it. Y'all know I talk the talk, but I also walk the walk and let's get it sparking. Hey, y'all know last week, my guy, one of my, my favorite spirits in the whole world, Chuck Lee, Officer Charles Lee, Officer Lee. I say he also always be my Officer Lee. He's back with me here today, but he's going to be showing you his, his handsome face, right? So y'all just hear his nice and common voice. You always will get to see his nice, handsome face. We're going to talk about some things. But you know how I get it started. Today's topic is questionable love. And I'm going to be bringing up some things that I think is really questionable. So it's really like, is it questionable love or is it questionable love? So y'all gonna get it. Y'all already know it's your news, our views right here, bringing it through on Be Exposed Radio. So be ready because this stuff has to be exposed. So let's start off with our prayer. Oh, Father God, I thank you for bringing us through another week ending on, oh, Father God, towards the weekend. Oh, Father God, you know all and you see all continuing to keep us and to bless us, Lord, is a blessing in itself. Oh, Father God, I thank you for everything, oh, Father God, that you are doing, everything that you have done, and everything that is coming our way, oh, Father God. Father God, I pray for the motherless, the fatherless out here, oh, Father. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity, the privilege, oh, Father God, to honor and love our parents or anyone who we see in that light um, that has brought something to our lives. There's a lot of people who are living without those figures in their life right now that are going through different things, sorrow, through grief. I ask you to hold them close, oh, Father God. Anyone who's dealing with sickness, oh, Father God, of the body, mind, or spirit, oh, Father God, any way where they fall short, Lord, I ask you to continue to lift them up, oh, Father God. Even in the midst, oh, Father God, of feeling pain, I want people to be reminded that it's you, oh, Father God, who keeps us. And even today, to feel that pain is a blessing. So we thank you. We praise your name, your holy name, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Y'all know how I do, y'all know how I do. I got to give all honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, listen, whatever religion, however you follow, guess what? It is a God and God be having it happen and he have it happening for me. So I'm going to give him praises in everything that I do. So guess what? If you don't like it, you got to love it, or at least live for it, because this is the You Better Live show. So, okay, without further ado, let me introduce my guest tonight. I gave y'all a 
last week was the breakfast run, but this week we're going to really get into it. He was here, a lot of informative information, definitely is a light, came back again this week, y'all, to share his light and his love. So if y'all here with us tonight, y'all already know how it goes on the chat. Hit me up, let me know you here. If you got questions or if you just have a comment on whatever topics or anything that we discuss on the show, guess what? Bring it to us, say it. But then you also know them phone lines is open, 443-642-9403. So don't be shy. Holla at me. Holla at me. So what's going on, Chuck? You hear the man (laughs) of the hour. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great today. Good to be here. Good to be back. And that's the good to share with the good people of Baltimore throughout the state of Maryland. That's right. Good people bringing good information, doing good things. That's my thing. That's what we do here on the You Better Live show. So again, thank you for coming back. It's just like that. Love is love. You know, I admire you so very much. And that's why I'm so happy that you are back with me tonight. So we can talk this stuff or these what in the what and these what in the world. See, that's how I run it. (laughs) A lot of times I like the first speak on the things, of course, that's going on here in Baltimore City, um, because it's my hometown, born and raised, and I'm still here. And regardless of the backlash that we get and the not-so-good insight that we get around the world, I still love my city, and I know that we can be more, <laughs> if that makes any sense, right? That's um, right. So guys who don't know, Charles Lee Chuck. I got to get used to just saying that and not Officer Lee because he is recently retired. I told him he's still young. I don't know. So now he still got time to have fun after he done worked them 28 years on the force with Baltimore City. So your whole career was Baltimore City, right? Did you ever work in the county? Your whole career was Baltimore City. Oh, my goodness. That's that's amazing. That's awesome. Absolutely. Love my city, as you stated, born and raised in Baltimore. So I had a unique, very unique career. If I can just, uh, just give a brief, a uh, little brief bio. So yes, please. I entered, entered the police department as a cadet, did a little over a year and a half down what we call the Central Records Division. Had the opportunity to get exposed to a lot of things that the normal teenager wouldn't get exposed to. Um, reference to crimes, reports meeting people, individuals, see how things run on a daily, day-to-day basis. And from being a cadet, I went into the academy uh, in 95. Mm. My class was what we call 95-2. Had a great time in the academy, met some some great people uh, from across, not only Maryland, but from out of state, New York, Texas, Arkansas. I had guys that came down from Boston just to be a part of Baltimore City. And what I will say is during this time and tenure, Baltimore, you know, was, was, it still is a great city, but it was a place where, you know, a lot of people wanted to come and work and see why, you know, the, the department did what it did, ran the way it ran and operated the way it did. And, you know, some things happened throughout, you know, my tenure, my 28 years, but during my time from the beginning, like I said, into the, the academy, it, it was great. And even after the academy, so I was placed in the Southern District once completing the academy. A whole new world to me. I wasn't used to, to South Baltimore. I was an east sider, northeast. I mean, 
you sent me to West Baltimore. I, I, I was great, but South Baltimore. Yeah, it's that part too, right? Being in Baltimore Ooh. City is amazing. How you north, south, east, west, but only a true Baltimorean will understand that. Like it's absolutely, it's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I uh, introduced to Curtis Bay, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Ooh. Homes, uh, Cherry Hill, Westport. Uh, I mean, it, it was the a great itself. adventure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It really opened my eyes to to a lot, and seeing Baltimore at a at a different perspective. Like I said, I was used to down the hill on the east side. I was used to running ball under the dome. I mean, yeah, I, I was used to, is. you know, absolutely. So that they were my stomping grounds. So East Baltimore, Northeast Baltimore, basically raised me. That's that's where I came from. And then you know, put into an area where I was unfamiliar. It was like whoa, I really wasn't expecting a lot that happened out in, in the Southern District. And uh, it changed me, it changed me for the better. You know, a lot of things humbled me because, you know, when you used to seeing and operating in one way, that's what you know, that's what you were taught. But mm-hmm. after learning, and, and like I said, being in Curtis Bay, being in Brooklyn Homes, Cherry Hill, Westport, I mean, Annapolis Road, um, even down in South Baltimore, Charlotte and Hall area. You know, it, it definitely, Pig you know, town, up right? They consider Pig that town. like Pig, Pig town. town is part of the Southern District. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Boulevard, Curry Street, James Street, Perkimer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 definitely parts that I wasn't aware of, you know, and it, it really opened up my eyes. But I had a great time in the Southern District. And after doing some time there, I, I transferred to the Police Athletic League where I spent a good chunk of my time in the police department. Um, Loved it. Wouldn't it change anything in the world about working with kids? Uh, to this day, still love working with, you know, the youth in Baltimore. And, you know, that, that was my passion, you right. know, working and still is my passion, working with the youth and giving them positive direction, you know, showing, showing them that, you know, you can still be a law enforcement and do the right thing and still treat people. Right human beings, you know, humanity being, you know, that integral piece, that bridge between law enforcement and the community. So even after retirement, I'm still in the heart of Baltimore. I'm still in the trenches where, you know, in in, on Pennsylvania Avenue in West Baltimore, we recently had, you know, some troubling times with with shootings and still are having times. We right there in the thick of it all and wouldn't change it for the world. You know, that's, that's where we are needed. That's where, you know, the attitude and the mindset needs to be changed. That's where you need to see positive people with, you know, voice of encouragement instead of voice of disappointment, always, you know, coming with a negative attitude and telling people you can't do this or you can't do that. Right. Or your neighborhood will always be like this. You know, you come with the attitude and the mindset to change the atmosphere, to change the surrounding. And, you know, knowing and being realistic that you're not going to change everyone, but shedding a positive light, sharing a positive perspective. And showing people, you know, hey, wow, he doesn't even live here and he's doing all this. And it's a beautiful thing. Baltimore is still right. beautiful to me. It's still my yeah. home. I, I love Baltimore. Wouldn't change it for a world. It's who I am. When you see Baltimore, you see me. You know, I, I, like I told you last week, I grew up in some, some rough parts of the city. I've been in some rough territories. I, you know, I, I've been there. I know what it's like. So I definitely love my city. So after, like I said, 28 years, it was time for me to, you know, call it quits and do yeah. some more, you know, outreach in the community, still trying to make a difference, which, you know, I believe I'm doing. It's, it's a lot of red tape. It's a lot of struggle. But, you know, you have to stick in there. And as you know, I tell you, you got to keep fighting. 
every uh, obstacle, you know, it stands and there's, there's a challenge, but through them challenges, you, you know, some bright lights, some great things in those challenges and showing, you know, who you really are when you, when you go through some stuff, when you deal with some stuff that, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a tough mountain to climb. So. Right. And, and that's really the remarkable side of it, you know, for mm -hmm. you to come from that and really know mm -hmm. what it's about and, and, mm -hmm. and be able to reach back out, you know, it's like, I'm still here. I'm reaching back out. We we consider that now and day and age like so social capital. You know, people that mm -hmm. you socialize with, you right. gotta find an opportunity to be able to capitalize on that. And right. really that starts with people like you who are advocates. You know, saying for the community. You coming out of a 28 year career with the Baltimore City Police Department, but still continuing in your gift, which is what you're doing. So even though you know your job, your career was a police, you know, your gift is mm -hmm. that of, you know, servicing the people, servicing Absolutely. people, being able to people. So it's not ironic that you are still doing that. That's why I was like, you know, most people, when they retire, they thinking about chilling or mm -hmm. I'm ready to exactly. go. Um, but Chuck, you was like, it's still work to be done, you know? That's right. Absolutely. And really what you're doing is bringing about that social change that we need and more people need to see representations of that. Um, so that's why I wanted to speak first on an inbox. I was speaking about it a little bit before we came on the air. Um, but last week, you know, we were just talking a little bit about um, the Tyreek Nichols and how it was a more a little like disheartening that it was black police officers who were involved in this slaying, you know, this beating and this killing of this man. Um, so I got an inbox and basically, um, I guess they were trying to give me some little backlash, really seeing what was the point of saying that it was black officers, because like we know it really doesn't have to do with race, but more so the fact that in our communities, um, more so than not, it is usually a black man or black woman all the time, unarmed, unaggressive, who are getting killed by the police. Um, but I think my point was to the person who sent me the inbox, because, you know, people watch the show, they don't comment. Any, I wish they would have commented in the comment in the chat and we could have cleared this up last time. Um, so the point that I'm even bringing in here to give my little bit of time is just basically to say thank you, because I know people is watching and I know that's how people do. So I'm going to speak on it since you brought it to me. Um, but really the point that I was saying that it was disheartening because of the, that it was black police officers, because I was saying that they should, you would think that they recognize the disparities in justice with us, right? So when we think about uh, representation of me and more black men like you on the force or more black men like you that are working with the kids or, you know, and how it looks or whatever, you know, that's an image that we do want in our community. We want all the time more of us on in these systems within these systems um not only to do their job but then also as inspiration mm -hmm. um so considering and them knowing all of the stuff that's been going on in the world how black people are more often than not killed for routine stuff you know routine traffic stops things of that nature phones being mistaken for guns you know different stuff like that you would think that when a black person is in that arena to become a police or anything else and they understand all these things that we are facing they will be a more a little bit more considerate mm -hmm. of that fact and that understanding so to hear that it was 
black men who did this to another black man, no, not black men, but black police officers with the understanding of what's going on in the world today, not just today, because this is stuff that is down in history. So it's not like it's new that this has just been happening. I think what is new is the push to change it. Because before it was just like kind of being allowed. I think you said that last week as well was saying like with these officers, oh, they've done this before. That's why they were so comfortable in their tyrant to assault this man. Like this ain't nothing new. They've done this before. Um, but the fact when I was saying that it being five black policemen and why it was more disheartening to me it was because of that fact. So if it wasn't a fact that black men and black women are killed all the time, on routine stuff where they're not supposed to be killed, right? Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for that fact, then I wouldn't have to point out the fact that these were five black police officers who did this to another black man. Mm -hmm. So that was my whole point. It don't even really matter if they was white police, black police, Chinese police, Mexican police, it don't matter. But at the end of the day, it just was a little bit more disheartening for me to know that they were black policemen when people are looking up to you mm -hmm. in the community and you are a representation of not only a black man, but a black police officer who is supposed to be, you know, under a certain regard, have more integrity or whatever, you know, you're human, but you get what I'm saying. Right. All that stuff that you, that you plan to do. So that was my point, sir. You know, mm -hmm. And understanding that the community, you know, especially in the black community, they they look for, you know, African American officers to, you know, to to do their part is, you know, you take that oath and to, and right. to stand by the oath that you take. You know, when you went down, whether your civil service officer, when you raised your hand, when you put it on a Bible and you took an oath to protect, you know, the people and to serve the people. You know, we are your public servants and and that's how i'll take it you know people say well what are you i'm a public servant that's my job to protect yeah. you know make sure equity is even across the board you know i'm not here to show partiality you know i'm not here to, to say you know you're right and they're wrong I, I decide and let the courts do that part that's what the courts right. are you know my, my job is to make sure you're safe make make sure you know hey your environment is safe when you see me you can feel free to come up to me and talk to me and right. not feel you know standoffish or you know i don't know if i can talk to him you look nasty you know you you got to show yourself inviting you know I didn't, I didn't say everybody but you know you you right. got to be able to communicate and and that's the a huge barrier with police in the community Definitely you don't is. we don't have enough of that we right we don't have enough of that. You know, we don't have, let alone enough of them who look like us, mm -hmm. but then enough of them who are on the force that when they do look like us, mm -hmm. or even when they don't, is the respect portion. You know, mm -hmm. is that service. Like you say, you're a public servant and everyone should receive the same service, the mm -hmm. same level of respect. You should lead with that same level of integrity that you would, mm -hmm. no matter who, the encounter is with if you are a right. police officer but the Absolutely. fact is and the fact remains that that's not always mm. the case that's Absolutely. not the case and because of us being black or whoever or different communities that you serve it shouldn't matter if you're feeling like oh because mm. these poor folk or mm. these black folk then i can treat them any kind of way or say whatever mm. i want to say to them or 
the how have you, you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. you're in this community and that's how they've been carrying it. That's right. how they've been carrying it. They've been carrying it like that for decades, for yeah. centuries. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the history. That's what mm-hmm. they do. So now when we're trying to change things and we got people, because it was a point where black men, black women could not be police officers. True. You know, and our history could not sit in certain mm-hmm. positions. So it's a little bit more disheartening to me when one of us get that opportunity to sit in these positions and then we do stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Giving them more ammunition, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the forces to be that are against us, giving them more ammunition to say, well, look, you see, you know, and everything else like that, because no matter if we do it, it's still going to seem like it's the worst of the worst. Right. You know, so it's that point too, but anyway, he can talk to me in the chat, but I know you get what I'm saying. You being a Baltimore city police officer, well, a retired myself. I got to keep on saying that because, babe, I am impressed. Like, and you still young. So like I said, you still get to have fun and you still get to serve, but just not under that umbrella. That's right. It's a great thing because you got a lot of connections, though. Coming Absolutely. Out of Absolutely. That and so I hope with those connections you're able to do what you need to do. But just like you said, it's a lot of red tape. It's yeah. always a lot of politics and things. Um, that's always the question. That was one why I wanted that to be my topic. Like the questionable love. We're not just talking about in a relationship as far as in a romantic man and woman. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the questionable love in all relationships and especially our relationships that I'm saying here now. Um, with our city officials and our different systems and everything else that we got here. Um, so let's talk about something else going on in Baltimore City um, because we know that the crime is still here. Um, it doesn't seem to be diminishing, but statistics say as it is. Um, you know, this year alone, of course, the homicides continue. Um, I never really paid attention on the non-fatal shooting numbers. But those are tremendous, too. It's just ridiculous. I think last year we had, you know, of course, over 300 and something homicides that were fatal murders, killings here in the city. Um, But it was well over 600. It was like 700 and something people. um, Well, almost 700. I think it was like 694 or something. I didn't write the number down. But 600, almost 700 people that were shot, but they didn't die. Essentially, right. that's what that means. So that's still mm-hmm. tremendous. That's still outrageous. That's right. still just crazy mm-hmm. um, when you think about it. But we know it's happening here. But we know in a lot of cities that are faced with poverty, um, low income, lack of education, lack of opportunities, the same things that we always say um, that push us back on our social change push is what's evident here. So now what's going on? I know everyone has heard through the grapevine because if what nobody else reporting it, you know Fox 45 was going to do just that. Because they say Fox 45 put it all on the line <laughs> with their um, Project Baltimore or whatever that they do. And guess what? They be exposed to everything. So I had to bring it here or be exposed. But you know them state scores came out. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. Um, what is that? The MCAT, the Merlin? MCAT. It's MCAT. Yeah, you know, because you're still up in the schools and stuff. Um, <laughs> so it was 29 schools 
that were listed that had zero, zero percent of students who were proficient in math, zero. Now, and people thought that that was a disgrace. But then also in doing my research, I learned that it was a whole nother list of schools who not only zero, but like had one or two students that was not percent. I'm talking about out of the whole school, one or two students out of the whole school that were proficient in math. Now, and a lot of times, you know, we talk about the fact that mental health plays a whole bunch. Uh, we know the traumas and the different level of traumas and the different kinds of traumas definitely play um, on the reality of why homicide numbers and everything are so high. But even with this testing, right? okay, these are tests that are done to third or given to third and eighth graders, right? Is it? Yeah, it's the third and the eighth graders or whatever. Um but that was just really not shocking to me. <laughs> but that's going to be my favorite word for the night. Disheartening. Like 0%. Come on. And then when you look at these people's salaries, you know, compared to, I mean, the people that's in the administrative office. I'm talking about the 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 lady who's running all the thing. What's her what's her name? Um Tell me Sonia Santalisas. Yeah, Sonia Santalisa. When you're looking at their salaries in, in 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 comparison to the teachers who are actually in there supposedly doing a job, and then we already know that there's a lot of resources that the Baltimore City school system lack. Um, but really in the state of Maryland to be the lowest in the state with them schools. Like, that's crazy. And then they wonder why the crime is still going. Like, what do you what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Like, far as its relation to the crime? Do well, you believe it has a connection, as I'm stating? Absolutely. It has a direct correlation. Because if you can read basically read on basic a basic level or a basic book or even write arithmetic, you know, write or do basic, basic arithmetic, how can you go out and get a job? How can yeah. you go out and, uh, you know, when it's your time? And when I, when I was teaching, uh, and, and I'm not going to put any schools out there, and some high schools in the city, both East and West Baltimore. Right. I had kids that haven't done the basics. So in, in my mind, I'm like, these kids are being set up for failure. You know, if, if you're in a 12th grade, but you're on the 7th grade reading and writing level <laughs> and you can't do high school math. So how in the world, and I, and I will ask questions, you know, to the, not to belittle them, but to make them think. So if, you, if you're if on a job and they gave you a, a salary or they gave you X amount of dollars for a week, can you tell me how much money you make in an hour? Can you tell me how much, you know, before taxes come out, you know, what are you looking forward to making? And mm. it's sad that 90% of the kids couldn't tell me. You know, I'm talking about, this was maybe over five, six years ago. So then in mid-20s now, almost pushing 30. So you can imagine what's going on. You know, and not only the work, but the atmosphere and the environment. Some of these schools didn't have heat. Mm. So how can you sit in a classroom without heat? Or air Some conditioning. These, they still closing down the schools that, yeah. yeah. All these are factors or good running water. You had to, you know, cut the water off because your piping system was bad. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it's so many, you know, Crazy. integral pieces in here. 
Yeah, and not only know, say that, I mean, while you're talking about the stuff that's in the school, how about on their way to school? Absolutely. The you know, the stuff that the city supposed to be working on. We want to talk more into that, but like, you know, walking to school, having to see this trash. Absolutely. see all these abandoned houses. There you go. Having to see dope lines. Mm-hmm. You know and what then, I mean? On your absolutely. way to school, having to see um, the memorials people put up, the balloons, absolutely. the candles, the, the know that someone got killed here. Right. You, you know, know, as far as how they set up the vigil. <laughs> I got it that time. <laughs> so you got all this, all these, you know, things affect, you know, these kids before they even get to school. So it's hard for a kid to learn when you have these things in place that's causing them not to learn. And what if you have that kid or kids in the classroom that are disrupted or didn't sleep all night long, and now when they get to school, this is their opportunity to sleep. Or yeah. didn't have any food last night, and breakfast is the first thing or the last time you had something the previous day from school. Mm. It's a lot of factors that goes into this. You know what I mean? Most mm -hmm. kids, when they leave school, they will not pick up another book until they get back to school. Yeah. So how can you, and you know, the kids that I will mentor and talk to, I say, well, how can you learn, you know, after school if you don't have anything to review? What did you take any, you know, like what notes? You know, they looking at me like, you know, we don't take notes. We don't do this. So to me, I could never come home without any books. I could never come home without any homework, whether it was a written assignment, whether it was a reading assignment. It didn't fly in my house. You know, I, I couldn't. Kids these days, they don't even take books home. No. You know, so and you know, my I told I tell my mentees. When we get together, I want to see some evidence, you know, something what you did in school today. And what I make them do to help them, you know, in their reading and writing, I have them to tell me from the time they get up in the morning, put it on black and white for me. I need right. you to, I need your you to write. Schedule. Let me see your schedule. Absolutely. If it so is not hour by hour. We go over, hey, the punctuation not in the right spot. This needs to be capitalized. This is a question, not a, you know, I break it down to them so they can understand. Because most of our kids, you know, they took cursive, cursive out of school. And right. that, oh my gosh, the, the handwriting is atrocious. Oh my goodness. And that's and that was another point that I was gonna make, even about the cursive and not teaching kids anyway make cursive. So like kids who don't even know how to sign their name, a signature. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or doing checks and stuff. I mean, everything Absolutely. of course is moving towards the electronic. Um, but even in our teachings, you know, when I was coming up, a lot of the education and how they taught us was logical. Mm -hmm. A lot of this stuff now, and I know they've changed a lot of the um, the curriculums and how they they teach stuff, especially with the math. Right. As well, right. So those were. Um, right. I know that that has changed drastically because they're doing right. now multiplication and division problems in a whole nother yeah. way than it was taught when I was in exactly. school. I agree. Um, so I, I know that's it. another thing. And I know mm -hmm. also that some children are bright and some people don't do well on testing. So I know sure. some situations that that may have to do with that. I know there's a lot of anxieties behind that. Um, just like how you said, not being prepared, not really being able to study. A lot of these schools are just teaching kids to be tested. So it's not anything where they're like, connecting with their learning to real life, like how you said, to really get them to understand it. So when they see it in another way, they still can practice the skill mm -hmm. that they were taught. You know, right. a lot of times they're teaching them in a way, like how I'm saying, that's not logical, where I understand it if it's right. in this form. 
But if it's outside of this, then I'm lost. I don't know what right. this is saying. Um, so, mm -hmm. so in fact, now I've said so in fact, when we were coming up, I believe 70% was an S. You passed. Anything yes. below 70. They moved that down F. too, right? The grades been dummy down. So give you, give you a good example. I had a young man, I'm not going to call very intelligent. He ended up going to poly. Great grades, everything. But because the way the system, the grading system was, he couldn't make it into a Division One school. And that's a school that plays on the top of athletics. He had to go to community college. And I'm talking about a kid that was very proficient going to poly. Mm. But because the way the system was dummied down and his grades compared to other kids from other schools outside of Baltimore and right. also in the state of Maryland, you're competing against people across, you know, the United States. He had to go to prep right. school because that's of the it. grading system. Right. Very and very sad. And that's very sad because, like, when we think about math and, and like, this whole information that came out, like people should be outraged. I mean, people were already outraged about right. the Baltimore City public school system and different things. This is not the first right. of how we heard. You know, of course, they started that initiative of no child left behind. But in reality, it's so many children um, be being there. left behind. I mean, when Absolutely. you think about 7%, 7% it, throughout these schools, 7% out of 100% is saying 7%, 7% of students, only 7% in third and eighth grade are able mm -hmm. to perform right. on their level. So that means 93% don't know how to count. Right. Do not, and this is all way, like I said, across the board. I did write down all the school names. <laughs> I'm going to shout them out. Um, and then I also wanted to make the fact, I mean, make the point that it's not only Baltimore City who got very low in testing, Baltimore County, different other right. counties as well. Um, but it's very sad that Baltimore City is the lowest right. across the whole state. That's very sad. Especially when you look at things that are continue to increase um, on the negative side, the crime right. and everything else like that. But then we have the stuff that's going to make them make something out of themselves, keep on declining. And education is very important. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Knowledge is power. So really, essentially, our kids are not getting the knowledge that they need. We already know that to be right. powerful. So it's not only in, um, what can I say, in, in their history of knowing exactly who they are, um, falls in their heritage and everything else like that, but then it also trickles down to the academic side now that we got kids being dumbed down in that regard too. I mean, when you really look at it, the lowest in the state, and then they wonder why we got the highest crime rate. Mm -hmm. on, you man. know what? Also, <laughs> I, I would contribute to the revolving door of educators. You know, mm -hmm. you can't find educators that are consistent and willing to to make this their ground, their home ground. You know, they write contracts that you must do, what, three to five years, then you can leave or you, you know, somewhere and they don't stay here. They come fulfill an obligation, then they go somewhere else. So that's yeah. think about those students that's used to an educator, a teacher, what have you. But then again, during the course of the year, they might quit. Right. And then you left with a sub. Right. You know what I and mean? And a lot of them are like that. You know, we had 
right when we were younger we had teachers in the school that was in the school from like like you remember just like in your career with the Pell Center how long have right. you served as the kids in right. this West Baltimore you know Pennsylvania Avenue so you're a familiar face you just someone right. people can come back everybody know right Officer Lee you know what I mean but in these schools now we had teachers too we got a lot of international right that's coming yep. over from different countries that's a barrier um, that'd be yep, a barrier in that too mm-hmm. um, my daughter she talks about that all the time them also having their different stereotypes that's mm-hmm. been plagued on our students from what they've seen on tv mm-hmm. what has been televised or whatever so they already have a certain opinion of them i mean like one teacher um at my daughter's school you know every time i guess my daughter's son, it always got to be the mad like she didn't even went to the point to say like my daughter had cursed or whatever you know just like blatantly lying but it's something that's normal i guess of the children so you got to take it and mm-hmm. say it to that extent for it to be serious i mean i've seen mm-hmm. stuff like that but of course she's not even from the united states you right. know she's from overseas she came like how you said on the contract in a couple of years she won't get her money and she's gonna be gone exactly. <laughs> and she's gonna be gone um, but I am going to run off those names of those schools, mm-hmm. um, all those schools. And just like I said, it was a mix. It was a variety. It was high school, it was elementary, and it was elementary middle. Um, mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. You know, a lot of L school, the buildings have been shut down. A lot of them are mixed mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. I know my elementary school that I went to is down to elementary middle. Um, okay. That was is concerning to me at first, like when a lot of that was happening in emerging schools, and now you got three schools and one building, and you know it, it's just crazy <laughs> when you look at things like that. Um, but just shouting out somebody that is on our chat, Miss Queen T, that is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, viewers, one of my favorite followers, supporters, all of that. Miss Queen T is here. Um, Miss Queen T, thank you. You the biggity bomb, bomb, bomb. You see, I got the hunt some Chuck on here with me tonight. We just talking about some things, some what in the what that's going on here in Baltimore City. We just now was speaking on um them test scores and its kind of relation to the education and to the crime here. So if you're looking at us being the city with these lowest test scores, how can it be a shocker that we continue to have the highest? crime rate so we was just both um making that connection and speaking on that um chuck here is um retired after serving 28 years in the baltimore city police department but he continues on his passions to serve the people and that's definitely um what he do i always give you my your props so that you know i always see you operate like no other police that i knew before Um, i always you know, when I think back on things, you know, I say I thank God that I came across because I'm telling you my distaste for the police <laughs> prior to meeting you, Chuck. Um, but that was from my experiences, you know, that was from my traumas and my interactions and how I seen the police officers with my family right. and um, with people in my neighborhood. Like how you said, it starts from that approach and being able to talk to someone and letting someone know that I'm safe. You can talk That's to right. me. We don't get enough of those type of interactions between the community and the police um nowadays it's very rare that you do get that and a lot of times when you do get that from the police 
we think is a setup. We like, hold on, what he trying to get some information from me? Well, what's right, going right. on? <laughs> you right, know how right. I go, wait a minute, is he trying to do an investigation? You know, I, that's how I used to be feeling about you, Chuck. I can let it out there on the train room. Like, <laughs> he got my son around here. He's trying, oh, what you doing? Well, I don't know. He the police. He, he, he doing some investigation. I don't trust that. <laughs> But it you know what's funny? <laughs> it, it, it was parents like that. And what I would do, I would encourage them to stay. You know, I, right. I would encourage them to, hey, see what's going on here while we have your kid or your, your children, right. whatever the point may be. You know what I mean? I tried to get them engaged, get them involved, you know, not just, the, you know, hey, come by, see what's going on here. Come see what we're doing, you know, and, and that's crucial. And then I, I, I tell you, even after retirement, you know, I, I've had people to come up and say, you know what? I can tell you now, man, we miss you around here. Thanks. You know, it, it's just gone buck wild. It's crazy. You know, even up, you know, my partner and I used to work the market up on Pensy and Lawrence. Man, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a jungle up here, man. When you guys coming back, I said, you know, that's 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 a pay grade that was above us. And that's up to the powers that be to put who they want to put up there. I said, you know, mm -hmm. we have no control over that. But it's, you I know, never understood you, that they they basically say you know what they say if it's not broke don't yeah, fix don't. it but something that was fixing it it's like they broke it it's yeah. like it's like they broke it I never could understand that because Absolutely. like I said the way that y'all were doing that yeah. community policing was very important it was mm -hmm. very important like I said that people knew you I, I gave one situation that time when I was by the store I think on Fremont the young guys was out there they were smoking weed but. You know, they knew that you being a police officer, oh, he's still going to do his job, but we still had to be respectful. And mm -hmm. I ain't got to run. No, I ain't got to be scared. You know, it was like his friend just telling his friend, like, no, put it out. You know, he's going to do his job, but we ain't got to do all that. We ain't got to right. run. We ain't got to be scared. We ain't doing nothing. I mean, we standing out here, we smoking, which was against, is against the law, but we good and we're going to have a conversation. And that was like really touching to me when I seen that. So that was another situation I seen outside of the rack and you working in the rack. And I'm like, wow, they really respect Officer Lee around here. Like, that's that's good. Like, you know, I never seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say it like that. Not never seen it, but you know, it's rare. It's rare. Right. And just like how you saying, working up in that, that area of Pennsylvania Avenue. Yes, a lot of those police, you frequent that area or who they got out of there. Um, a lot of them, you see them in their police cars. If they are out the car, they stand on the corner. You can walk past them 10, 20, 50 times. They don't speak. Yeah. Um, they don't try to engage you. You know, it's not how you're doing. It's not nothing. Um, aside from if they are, you know, like you don't feel protected. I remember going in the store right there, and it was all types of drugs being sold. Off. So the police are standing right there, not saying, you know, harassing, but dang. You know, yeah. they don't even have no respect for you. And I just thought that it was very disrespectful for police officers, like, like not had no respect. Like, even if you see us coming in here with these kids, like, at least try to get it to chill out. Like, they ain't paying you, you ain't paying stuff no mind and they ain't paying you no mind either. That's like, right. that's what it was given. It's just like, he just was out there. Like, right. he Man, just I was tell out you, there. That, that, you know, that shooting that occurred, you know, with a young lady lost her life and a young man lost her life. And, Prior to that, a young man was stabbed and killed in broad daylight. That would never yeah. happen. I mean, I tell you, while my partner it was it was total of three of us, 
And that, that area was, you know, when we had it, you know, not to say we locked it down, but it was respect in that area. Right. Because they knew we were there and they knew certain things we just didn't tolerate. Treated people with respect, treated them like human beings, you know, conveyed our message without cussing somebody out. Right. You know, you, you, you got to know how to talk to people. And, you know, when we when we catch you, you know what, you got me. It right. wasn't no back and forth where we trying to, you know, where you get dirty, you got me. You know, and, and the thing is, it was a respect thing. And it's, like I said, it goes back to how you talk to people. You know, it goes back to how you treat people. It was so much going on in that area, but I tell you, even the ones who were living in them abandoned many of respect. You know, they, they didn't mm. give you, I'm gone. You ain't got to say, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm gone, you, right. You, I'm gone. I'm, I'm getting low. I'm out, you know. And I've seen yeah. that. And I've seen that. It was more so about the respect because, like I say, respect and love kind of, you know, go hand mm -hmm. in hand. But, like, yeah. in that position as a police, you got to have still some type of respect for yourself and still mm -hmm. be like, I'm doing my job. You don't have to disrespect nobody or anything else mm -hmm. like that. But you still have to do your job. So if you're mm -hmm. in a community that you're supposed to be serving, if you're giving off this attitude, like, I don't care. Right. Why would somebody else care? Absolutely. Why would somebody else care? You can't encourage or inspire mm -hmm. anybody to care if you're giving off this domain of like you don't care or you could care less. And we got a lot of that. We have a lot of that. We have a lot of that. Um, so even talking about that, we have a lot of that. A lot of people are talking about our mayor, Suchuk, um, <laughs> Brandon Scott. Um, basically, um, you know, his comments or his, I guess, rebuttal to a couple of statements. Um, of course, the, the school testing scores, um, and then also to the recent shootings that have happened in the city. Um, a lot of people are feeling like, you know, he's pushing it off. He's not really accepting any accountability for what's going on under his rot, even though we can acknowledge, um, because I know a lot of people say, you know, they've been saying, oh, that's been trending. Brandon Scott, do something. And I do recognize that he cannot do everything by himself. True. Uh, but the reality is, this is what you campaign for. This is the job that you ask for in order to do something and to continue to respond that this is kind of like always been the way or this person needs to do this or y'all letting this happen. Like we know all of that. Like the majority of the people that I know don't want to see people getting shot every day. Don't want to see these kids keep getting shot, leaving school, getting shot on school property. Just like how you said um, that recent Maryland murder that happened around there on Lawrence yeah, um, and Fremont where the young lady was just driving in the car, Definitely. driving past yep. the store. Yeah. Um, but like daylight, another man got killed up there. But like these crimes, the crimes and the way that they're committing them are becoming more brazen and more brazen. So we know that anybody who is a family member of these people that's committing the crimes is a punk if you try and hide them and we know all of that we know all of that we get all of that we know all of that everybody not is for it they not and even for us like with the test scores and everything else like that like okay he made the comment the people in baltimore city who care about the children y'all need to step up but we elected you in this job to step up to make sure a lot of this stuff is being done. And so I'm not putting a blame on Brandon Scott. But I do believe that in situations like this, when we have people in city government, if they do not take accountability, we cannot account for what mm -hmm. needs to be done. 
You right. cannot continue to say when you are the responsible party. You know, that's just like uh-uh. that's your duty. The responsible mm-hmm. party, but I, I disagree. Now here Listen I come. Listen to him. Listen here to I him. Come. This is the responsible party. The responsible party is always going to be the to sin is the responsible party. And if you shut up and not say nothing about the crime that's happening in your area, you can't blame the police or the mayor. Because it's you. You are condoning the issues that are surrounding you. Right. You do got to do something. But then also as the mayor, when they ask him about these specific things, I think he needs to be more vigilant on what are the solutions to to them. Instead of you trying to happen. That's the no, he can't. He can't tell you when crime is going to happen, but he needs to really tone into what his solutions are, what he said that his solutions would be. And that's my point that I'm bringing up, Moni. So that's why I made the statement, like, I'm not just blaming Brandon Scott. You know, you the mayor. So, you know, all of this is under your watch. But, what really is, is like putting me off a little bit about him is his response to it when the people are asking questions because it's not really like taking accountability, like, yeah, we need to do this. Or like when I said, you know, in my campaign, when we was going to do this or this is the way we need to take it's more so saying like this is what it's been and all of this is on y'all you know when you are the mayor to lead the people you know show them to the way so that is my issue with it show them the way as citizens the citizens been saying the same thing like I, unfortunately crime is still rampant of course in the city but fortunately the people that i know are not full and i think that it is a little bit frustrating when I know that in the majority of the people, the citizens have that mentality, but that seems to not be, be recognized by the mayor. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of people who are doing good work and a lot of people that support him. He feels as though he's brought credibility um, <laughs> back to the, to the mayor's office. He said that in a statement, you know, he's, more so has fixed a lot of, he's brought credibility and sustainability back to the mayor's office. Um, But that wasn't what you were saying you were gonna do. So I think when people are asking you these specific things about education and about the crime is because you had plans. This was part of your whole campaign for mayor to address these very things. So I think that is sometimes is like, what is missed? You get what I mean between the citizens. But I think uh, in our city so, government, as a citizen, we always sit back and look for other people to make these solutions for us instead of trying to investigate why these things are happening in our own communities and then try to address it because we don't we don't see any more uh, right. citizens on patrol. Nope. And that's that used to be one of the indicators that you know crime was low because they would always Absolutely. see somebody from the community walking around as well. We don't right. do that. If I could interject on I'm that, sorry, go ahead. One of the, no, no, you good, you fine. I had that in the central where um, I, I I hit my hard areas, and I and I hit my areas where I had the most shootings, carjackings, homicides. I encouraged the the presence of these communities. I say we need to get out. Your faces need to be seen. We need to stand together, unified. You know and. Only can do but so much. Right. Only, only can, you know, and I was, I said, I don't care when you want to walk. I don't care what day you want to walk. 
I'm all there were you. only very few and I've seen you even in this area right here you that wanted to get out and walk. It was an excuse for almost everything. I said, "How are we going to combat that?" We they just want to be in the house looking in the wind out the window, <laughs> calling the police. I, I encouraged it. I said, "I said if we get out once a week, or at least twice or three times out of the month, let's get out and do something." You right. know, some of the communities I worked in, we took a, a broom and a dustpan because they only what trash pickup was one day a week. And you know, trash piles are really fast in the communities, in the alleys, in the drains, in the sewers. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So right. doing our walks, we had somebody with a bag, we had somebody with a broom, we had somebody with all type gloves, so we can go around beautifying the community while we're walking through the community. Mm -hmm. Right. That don't happen no more. It don't. Right. Happen. It don't happen no more. And I it say the happen. same thing about like a lot of these areas where you know we know how crime is, like on the Penn North areas and everything. I said all the time, you come to the filthy. And I never yeah. can understand that if y'all gonna be out here, why not keep it clean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know I, I, it used to frustrate me, you know, to the days when, when I would just walk up and I would just say, man, this is your community, man. I said, I should, they looking at me, cause I mean, I mean, I mean literally in full mm. uniform, sweeping up the gutters. Like, why are you doing this? That's not your job. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I, I can't tolerate this, bro. But it's everybody's job. We should want to do it. <laughs> yeah, we it, should. It's hard to convey that message. They look at you like you supposed to do it, or they waiting for DPW to come, or the trash mm -hmm. truck to come, or the sweepers to come up and do it. I said, yeah. bro, this all we in this together. I said, <laughs> and I mean, it be a, it be a trash can right there. Right there. Like, and and then at least keep your own front straight. Then everybody's front will be straight. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's less for the taxpayers to Absolutely. have to take that burden on. And then Absolutely. maybe they could take the daggone trash down to once every other week. Absolutely. Because if it's already clean, it don't have to be cleaned. Absolutely. Right. You know, and, and, and with these, you know, these juvenile shoot, it's it's heartbreaking. Yes, you know, it is. I didn't realize you it's know, been, it, it's been it's been what? I think it was like already seven. I, I wrote that down too. Like this year yeah. it's been yeah. It's not safe. 17, you know, it's, 17 juveniles. This wow. so far this year, 17 juveniles. I think out of the whole number of homicides, I think it's like 20 something. Um, already at 30 something, but it's been already been yeah, an 88% increase mm. um in the crime, you know, the fatal shootings on in juveniles. I know on Valentine's Day it was what? Yeah, three 15, shot, right? Yeah. yeah, two, 13 and 14. Um, we got the 15 year old that was shot up there on the school property. Walter um, P. Carter, that's where I yeah, grew up. Yeah, Walter P. Carter. I think Walter she's P. still Carter. in critical um, condition. They haven't released yeah. her name because they're trying to, you know, do the investigation of what led to that. That was like doing it after school, mm -hmm. um, after school activity. Right up yeah. at the school where she was shot. And then the very next day within, I know, I think the 13 and 14 year old was shot first. And then within 24 hours, then that happened. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Brandon like, Scott I, is just I, pushing the blame. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I want to, you know, everybody has a important role to play in this. Like you said, not just the police, but the community. The parents, yeah. you know, the program, everybody must chip in. Like he said, if you wait for somebody to carry your problem, you're going to be waiting for a long time. 
you yeah. know, it, it was it was times that I would sit in the meetings and when it came to finances for different communities, and I would tell them, you need to talk to X, Y, and Z. You need to petition this person. Why you have that ear, you know, stop fussing about menial things. You need to talk about how can we get this money to better our community or to better right. your community. And they would totally miss the point what I was saying. I said, you know, at the end of the day, after you didn't fuss, you didn't scribe, you didn't bicker, you need to come together as a unit and have one vote. And the majority of the vote, that's what you go by. That's why you have your community meetings with your people in community. So, they, hey, they, they know what's going on. You know, hey, this is what we'd like to have. This is what we'd like to do. You know, maybe we need some cameras around here. Maybe we need beautification around here. Maybe we need to um, get together and hit 311 and get DPW to, you know, light up the area more. It's very dim after six o'clock. You know, right. things like that makes a difference. So mm -hmm. if I'm a criminal and I see an area community that's poorly lit, that's where I'm going. Right. If I see the area that's full of trash, I'm going to hide my drugs back there. I'm going to hide mm. my gun somewhere in the exactly. earth so in case I need to get to it. There's no one going back to the trash to get this stuff. I know where I left it. I know where I need to go. Hey, mm. uh, Chaz, question. Yes. So what would you have, um, I mean, I hear you say you, that he's been pushing pushing the blame, um, but what would you have liked him to have said? Because it's not too much he can do to stop somebody, um, a citizen, from shooting another citizen. I think he's not there. I think it's more so like how we've been just acknowledging the whole time is more so like on the the approach of things and the communication. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, I don't believe that Brandon Scott can do it all by himself. I agree with both of y'all. I don't believe kids. he can do it at all because it definitely, he can't stop another citizen from using a gun. Yeah, I mean, it definitely illegal. takes that or whatever. I said that I just think that he as long as guns are legal, that somebody's getting shot. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then, and then you got different dynamics that come to, you know, with the ghost guns and everything. A lot of that is rapid. Too. And then so build one. You can build changing. one, too. So it's, I just it's want him. I just want him to. And I just want him to say yes. Like how he been saying, you know, I, I guess he, the comments that 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 I'm getting from him is more like in a defense. Right. But, can but, I say? Can I say? And I get that you're supposed to. And I get that you supposed to defend yourself when people are blaming you or whatever else like that, but that's why I the solution. Because the more people that I hear say they keep blaming Brandon Scott is the more people that I see that watch crime happen and don't say nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's well, we are, but, but I say that because we, me and you are part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, we look, we I ain't part of the problem. Because I'm we know people. Part of Don't you put that evil We on know me. people. We, so, we, I ain't part of the problem. My whole point is. If I can interject. I think we are trying to get there, but I think we need to reach out to other partners. And what I mean by that, you know, this crime is not going down is getting worse right mm -hmm. uh you, you need your federal partners you you, you need them to step in they and have they the capability they have they, they got the capabilities in, and, and investigative resources absolutely show, absolutely you know, ivan bates is trying to get more of a um a mandatory sentence for guns mm -hmm. you know i guess with the age and mm -hmm. everything of that nature where like um yeah. it's more like a term it, or whatever, like a term. I mean, mm -hmm. not term, but you get a longer sentence. 
So, so the, the the thing is right now, and, and and I agree with them. You know, some of the delegates and senators, I disagree with their point of view. You know, even the guy that's you know Westmore is trying to get elected or get approval from, I guess the Senate. You know, he believes so the juvenile justice. Exactly, he okay. believes that anything twenty five and under shouldn't go to jail for their crime, mm. a serious crime, and I, and I disagree with that. I, I really do. 25. That's why there's degrees to the to the cases. I mean, I don't even understand why he's even fighting for that because there are degrees to cases. Right. That's why we had the first degree, yeah. second degree, second third degree, 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 fourth degree. That's supposed yeah. to take care of that when this involves a, a, you know, a child or you know, a juvenile, whatever the case may be. It's the degree of the crime is what you know fits you. If you, you did Man. something and you're you're gonna be treated right. as an adult, that's when exactly. you get that degree. But you know, a lot of people are saying that you know, I work really heavy in that room of juvenile justice. Um, as a youth advocate um, when I was working with a company. So I know that the juvenile justice system is more lined up to provide services. Mm -hmm. um, so even though they're already in trouble, it's more so on like the preventive side. So they do things and connect them to programs and services to about avoid them going to the adult system. However, however, if you're if you're a child and you're not able to understand your severity of a crime, right? Mm -hmm. You won't be able to understand if you're not given the appropriate consequences. So if you're doing something, you know, because I don't agree with just kids and everything being locked up either, but I think it's by case by case, you know, scenarios because we do know in our communities that sometimes our kids get locked up for frivolous stuff or different things that kids do. And they are, you know, sometimes they're trying to, what can I say, punish them harsher than they would other, you know, youths and other communities or whatever else like that. But when you have a kid that's, you know, blatantly picking up a gun, that's killing someone um, and different things, we didn't seen it here as recent as last year with the nine-year-old um, who killed the 15-year-old, um, um, Nikayla, Kayla Strider, um, who was killed. We just now seen the 18-year-old um, guy, even though he's being held as an adult and possibly will be charged, but the 18-year-old that shot his brother um, at the tree in the dug for a shotgun. Um, so a lot of times when they're juveniles and they commit these crimes, I get it that you're saying, well, they don't understand, I guess. What they I, I disagree they with you right there. I disagree. Reason they why. shouldn't be. Go no. ahead. I, I was going to say... It's the influence. And and mm -hmm. most of, you know, these guys out here with these guns, drugs, they tell the kids, you know, if you sell this or if you hold this or you shoot somebody, you get right back out. Yeah. So what they do, they show them the money. This is yeah. what you can make. So if you get arrested, don't worry about it. You'll be a back up. You'll be out less than 24 hours. If you right. get locked up with the handgun violation, your mom's will come down, your grandmother will come down, sign a release form after the custody sheet and you back out. You can do it yeah. again. That's a lot of that happened. And a lot of people were concerned that it would be more of that, you know, when that when that last thing, when well, not the last thing, but when that situation happened with the eight-year-old, because you know, mm -hmm. um, in the legislation that had already been ruled that he was too young to even be charged mm -hmm. with that crime. So I don't even know what happened yeah. in regards to that. So you know, and that's a sad situation also. Because if you were following that story, he came to that house multiple times with yeah. that gun. So, yeah. number one, whoever... To the playground and everything. Right. 
He was too yeah. comfortable. He knew where the gun was. Yeah. And then to come back multiple times looking for this young kid to shoot him. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Because he was coming to shoot him, right? Yeah, he was coming he to was shoot coming him. To shoot him. So I think that was my point that I was saying, like in the juvenile justice system, a lot of times when these kids do certain crimes um, that are very violent crimes. I mean, carjackings, um, armed robberies, murder different things that they do not get the same consequences because right in the in the powers to be they say that they're too young to be charged with these crimes so they don't understand not to say they don't understand what they did wrong but they don't get no consequences from it so it's nothing so they go on can continue to commit these crimes and then as soon as they turn 18 <laughs> Once you enter the juvenile system, there is consequences to it. They, 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 they do put you in um, forcible counseling. That's one yeah, of the options. You do, you do. I mean, especially you when you're kind of young. It's because certain, you're right, it's certain consequences, but what I'm saying is that a lot of them are not the connections um, for what I've seen, the connections and services of what they need. So yeah, they may have counseling and everything set up, but a lot of people not following through with that because you still have to participate in that and everything else like that. It's more so they'll put it's things not, in the, the ones I'm talking about they'll, aren't voluntary. Right. They'll put things in it. Well, yeah, that don't be voluntary either, but then they'll put things in the court order where if you don't go to school or, you know, different things like that, that you can be violated if you're on probation. But what I'm saying is that it's not nothing where like, right, if you have those counseling and then you're supposed to go you know, they'll say you lock them. They'll say they'll lock you up. But then a lot of times, they, you know, they won't. <laughs> I see it all the time. So um, it is that definitely some issues there. Um, and I think that it's very necessary for it to be different degrees of crime. I think it's very necessary, even though they are kids, but for kids to learn in a matter of what's right and wrong, and unfortunately, hey, some people can't gotta go to jail. Some people gotta go to jail, especially if you like how you said if you if you work in the law and you committing these crimes. And then a lot of people like you, like you were saying, Moni, the point that you made, a lot of these parents and these guardians, they know what's going on. So the shit hit the fan. <laughs> and then, you know, I guess they the one they that were trying to take off for whatever else like that. Even for that, the, you know, the eight-year-old, the one that's going to be held, should be held responsible is the parents that own the gun. Yeah, she's and been the yeah. grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And she's even so recently, um, that young man that was 18 who traded the shotgun, um, who shot his brother, there's still more things coming out about that. Um, but he, had, he was home in a home. He called his parents, and they actually came home and called the police. Um, so I think that it was an incident, but I've also been seeing statements where they're not exactly sure um, if it was this an incident. This gun mentality thing is it, driving, it's, it's going to drive a whole bunch of people crazy. Yeah. As long as we got this culture that you need a gun in your home, <laughs> it's never going to change. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. That's what I say. If you ain't got no property... <laughs> and all that stuff... But in, 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 in 2023 civilization, okay, Owning a gun shouldn't be a priority. It shouldn't be. It is though. You shouldn't be trying to take care. Protect, what are you trying to protect that hard? Like somebody can't pick up your house and put it in their pocket. 
Mm. That's your but most that's valuable. That's what I was going to say. That part of that too. Like I know a lot of people. Saying, will... Your most valuable asset, if you are a homeowner, is your house. Get nobody pick that up and put it in their pocket. So what you trying to protect so hard? Right. But that's... what I'm saying is that you know a lot of people here, especially in the city, um, a lot of people I know, even myself, you know, consider getting a gun just because that they know that other people got them. But so what's your? That's my question for people. Like they need some so what is your protection. Instinct? So I know a lot of people are going to be affected by that law because a lot of people out here that's carrying guns, they're not criminals, but they have an illegal gun or they obtained a gun illegally, which is a crime because they feel like the they need it for their safety. Lynn, the, the question that lends to that is what are you trying to protect, right? Themselves. If you themselves themselves from hurt harm themselves. I, but from I, who? I, I could I could explain it, but you know what all is shooting. I was oh, but I want to ask I want to ask that question to like, somebody. I need a gun. I mean, you don't have to answer this. Do you have a gun? Um, do you are you a gun owner? Who me? Not you. You have a license. Yeah. Chaz. <laughs> Look, but Chuck ain't the police no more, so he can't run down. Look, he's still, but he's still licensed. He's still he can be licensed forever as long as he keeps no, his license No, I don't. Um, I actually have a friend, Um, like how you said, like it's so much like the norm now and the necessity. I know a lot of people have actually um, started businesses, started businesses with um, training people to obtain, you know, their gun, gun license and their carrying permit because I know that had changed too. Um, a law here, but no, I don't have it either. I don't have either either. Okay, and I'm not speaking on the air. If I was, he looked, are you crazy? <laughs> no, but I was asking. No, I was not asking. But I was asking whether you were a legit gun owner. I wouldn't want you to no, disclose. No. I would hope you would say no. No, I'm <laughs> not. But I've been more. But I've been more in tune and trying to be a legit gun owner. That's what I was speaking on. Well, okay, all right. Me too. So I've gotten that warning. But why did you get that warning? What was the reason you needed to be warned to get a gun? Why? Because I guess it's so much just like crazy crime keep happening with these guns. I, I really couldn't answer it, but I just felt like if I had one, I would be better protected of myself. Like really? I'm gonna respond like that means you plan. But they say it never happens means, like that. But what that leads to is that you expect to use it. An expectation is the worst thing you could give somebody. Mm, it's the it expectation is. that you will use this gun. It is. Well, I'm going to give one. If, and I can hope it, that when I'll you never put that expectation it, out there, when you I'm start just, to date somebody new, or you're talking to somebody new, or you bring friends over, because I don't want to come over your house if you got a gun in there, because you might shoot me, because that's the expectation. <laughs> that I'm not coming. <laughs> I tell everybody all the time, is a gun in here? Oh, I'm out. That's out. If I get mad at you, and I cuss you out, and we get to fighting, what's, the next, what's your next route? To shoot me? Go get no, I'm not coming to your house because I'd rather you slap me, fight me, or whatever than you try to kill me and right. take me out. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that is going on nowadays. Right. And that's what's all happening. These, that gun with all these drugs in there. So if you got, so if you got gun in your house, Amani, he ain't coming to visit. I ain't anybody, coming over. You got one. F your dinner. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Look, you can't. So you can't run your mouth. Don't tell him if you got a gun. Coming to dinner. Sorry. Yes. Um. It's so much going in the Baltimore city. I know the time is definitely just going, going, going. I wanted to touch bases just to um give everybody this heads up on the El Baltimore City Board of um what is they called? What is they called? Estimate. Board of Estimates. Board of Board Estimates. Estimates. Just now approved the plan for BG&E to take control of our underground conduit system. 
I mean, Baltimore City would still kind of have the ownership of it and whatever. I don't know. I'm all confused. Um, but really what was just a kicker for me, because our Senator Murray Washington basically was saying about Brandon Scott, she is done. She said she is done. She is done um, with him. Enough is enough, she said. I'm officially done watching this mayor destroy any credibility left in the office of the mayor of Baltimore City. And the reason she said this is because our controller and our city council president tried the tactic of doing a no-show. So they did a no-call, no-show, didn't let anyone know that he wasn't coming, just didn't show up in the tactic to try to delay the vote um, on, this, on this plan. Um, however, other members of that board, along with the mayor, did approve it and the plan has went through. They felt that there needed to be more discussions um, on the future of it, um, as well as now, like how it really will affect the citizens of Baltimore. Brandon Scott is saying that it's a win-win um, because BG&E has to put out more money as far as to do the maintenance and stuff for these underground electric and gas lines, um, which would take down a lot of service fees and everything else like that. Um, but a lot of people are saying with this power on BG&E, they will continue, of course, to fluctuate the prices and their fees. I even that's though, what I say, because who told who? Because that means they're gonna raise their rates. Yeah, right. That that's what I'm saying. Money. Right. So, like I was saying, our controller Bill Henry and our city council president Mick Mosby, they try to duck the meeting um, in the effort to delay the vote um, because they believe that it does is not an interest in the best interest of the Baltimore citizens. Um, but the mayor and the other ones, like I said, they voted in favor and they went ahead and passed it. So I don't know how legit it is or even will it stand um, because my, my understanding, the vote from the controller, Mr. Henry, and the president, Nick Mosby, was necessary. Um, they said that the purpose underground could do a system agreement um, what BGE, which we believe allow BGE to reduce its fee structure and receive complete control of capital improvements, wants time for public discussion and a dull explanation as to the full impact this will have on the people of Baltimore now and in the future. So I'm they made that statement. Because I don't um, understand how they can even have a vote without the president of the council. Yes, how can you even and without the controller? Well, the controller, he's just a member, but the president of the council, he's the one that gavels the um, But the, I thought all right, and I thought all the meeting into on order. The board, everyone is still was necessary. No, not necessarily, because you can oh, roll okay. some tea. But the president is the one who gavels the meeting into order. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, they did the it and they planned it and they approved it. And our state senate is not happy. She made that remark of that enough is enough. Um, she tweeted that. Brandon Scott had a response to her tweet saying that he wished that she would have did what other leaders normally do and pick up the phone. Um, he feels like her taking that comment to Twitter is her clout chasing. Um, but Brandon Scott, a couple of months ago, he was tweeting his heart away too. Um, but he says that she's unfortunately misinformed, severely misinformed um, about that. And when you speak of things you know not of, you get yourself in a lot of trouble. So I don't know if that's the right 
yeah. or whatever, how the senator was going to get in trouble for tweeting what she tweeted. Um, but I'm sure in order for her to speak on it, she knows something about it, Brandon Scott. So, like I said, I don't know. But, yeah, y'all, they just don't approve. BGE is taking control of it. Um, although they say that we still have the ownership. So I was a little confused in that. And I was like, well, if we still got the ownership, then how did they? So I don't know. But keep your eyes open for y'all because that's definitely a what and a what. And if your BGE gets to going up crazy, everything else like that, you know why? Because the board, along with the mayor, on Wednesday, this was just yesterday, approved this bill for them to take control of the underground network. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Despite not having a vote from the city council president and the comptroller. So they was collectively, that is what's going on with that and with that. So lastly, like I said, we run them down to our last hour. Well, we know we is in the last hour. We're in the last 15 minutes. We ready to get up out of here, child. We just ready to get up out of here. I know you muted. I know you listening to us. Oh no, you good. Um, you good. <laughs> I know you listening to us talk and everything else like that, but I wanted to talk about something not so serious. It's serious, but not so serious what people would think. Um, going back onto the Super Bowl. You watched the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Who you was rooting for? I was rooting for the, the, um, the Eagles. I was hoping oh. Jalen and the crew would pull it out. Oh, Your boy you know? was too. Najee was too. But he said yeah. it was a good thing. Good game. Good did you feel game. like y'all were cheated? Yeah, I do. I, I felt <laughs> like, you know, they still had control and things could have been done. They pulled the Ravens, stop yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. All the birds, all the birds. They <laughs> yeah, but the uh, they'll be thing. back. They'll be back. I mean, both quarterbacks played well and, you know, much ups to KC for, for winning it at the end. But yes. I thought Jalen played a great game, yes. you know, despite the fumble. He did fumble, you know, but he came back with resilience and, you know, he played well. Right, yeah, he, he did his thing. Well. Yes, so, he did. You know, so you know that was one of the the top. I mean, one of the main discussions because it was two black quarterbacks um, mm-hmm. in this thing. Um, but one of the other trending topics too is Rihanna mm-hmm. halftime re- performance. People were saying mm-hmm. that it was dry. She didn't do this, she didn't do that, do that. Um, but the way I said on Rihanna is that she's kind of like this, like regal figure now, you know, with elegance. So yeah, she can do that. She went up there, she performed her hits, even though, you know, I guess it was one of them that was fairly um, new rise up. Um, but I just wanted to bring it up because everyone's seen her attire that she was wearing. Um, you know, she's always known for her garments, but her wearing that big red coat was in tribute. Um to the fashion icon and designer. Come on, Marty, give me his name because I got it written down. Andre Leon Talley. Andre Leon Talley. So she wore okay. that red coat in a tribute to him. Um, they were said to be very close. Um, it is said that he has had a lot to do with a lot of her gala looks and everything else like that. Y'all know that he passed away, I think it was last year, January right. 10th. Of, of last year so she did that in a tribute to him I thought that was awesome um that was going back to uh where a lot of people were saying hold up how Rihanna got on this halftime show because I got some comments um, of Rihanna just two years back when it was all that controversy with the Colin Kaepernick, Com- Colin Kaepernick thing um and back then you know she just was totally against it 
I'm trying to look at this quote that I wrote down. She said, I couldn't dare do that for what? Rihanna told Vogue in 2019, who gains from that? Not my people. Um, I just couldn't be a sellout. I couldn't be an wow. enabler. There's things within that organization that I do not agree with at mm. all. And I was not about to go and be of service to them in any way. That's what she was saying to the league back in 2019. And so league, I said that to bring up the point is now Jay-Z has made a big power move. You know, people hate on him, but he has a lot of um, insight. He has actually partnered right. with the NFL. So he has a lot to do with the halftime shows. He has a lot to do with pushing social change um, with one of his departments in the Rock Nation. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to bring social awareness. A lot of people were saying it's kind of like a slap in the face um, because, you know, they were backing Colin Kaepernick, who has not yet. Um, been signed, you know, he's still going through his stuff since he um, did what he did. Um, but in 2019, yes, NFL has partnered with the Rock Nation. Um, Jay-Z is now responsible for the entertainment that comes out on a halftime. Um, he had a lot to do with the last year halftime show, you know, when it was like an all hip-hop, you know, Snoop Dogg and all of them and everything. Right. Um, he actually was ready to back out of whatever he was going to drop out of it if they weren't going to let them perform how they wanted to to put their set together because i think it was different things about what they wanted to wear Snoop Dogg, right. um them raising their fists and things of that nature but jay-z was like no they can't perform how they want to um to do that i'm out of here i'm out of here right. um so i thought that that was a remarkable you know a lot of people um definitely hate on him um and he says right now he's willing to take the negative or the criticism. Um, he that basically spoke in relations to Colin Kaepernick that's saying that they are two men who right. now, you know, at this point might have a different tactic, but they're marching for the same purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so why he feels like, what they say, can't beat them, join them. A lot of people are feeling like Jay-Z didn't need the NFL to bring about this social change, but hey, right. the NFL already has this platform, not saying that Jay-Z didn't. But to me, like, that's pop. Well, let's talk about this right. part, though. Let's right. talk the same people that's doing this criticizing was watching. Hello? Yeah. Don't be hypocritical <laughs> when you actually You are actually doing exactly what he's doing by actually participating in your mm -hmm. viewership. You right. are actually a hypocrite. Right. Stop it. Oh, but this team, but this team rock or whatever that Jay-Z has had, I mean, you know, they've done a lot of stuff for us, like, really doing for this, like, social change and for a lot of social injustice um it's led by a lady i think miss perez her husband too works for this rock nation um but they organized a ton of protests um jay-z he was saying that he wanted to get more involved like in 2018 he had heard up in new york i believe in brooklyn like um a black woman was assaulted in like the nail shop um so he wanted to be able to address things in real time and be able to do stuff He's real big right. on social capitalization too, because even with a lot of the people that they represent, I didn't even know Rock Nation has like a sports department and everything else like that. Um, so basically what they were saying is that they're doing stuff and the service and the clients that they serve is that come from poverty, that come from all of this stuff to be able to help them so they can go back out and help their communities. Um, so that's basically his pitch. I think that is, remarkable even rihanna you know the to come along as an artist 
we talked about her before um, on my show and on another show, whatever, and just, you know, how she has now this, uh, this clothing line, this lingerie, this skincare, you know, different things like that. She also announced she's pregnant with her second baby. She did that reveal on a halftime show. Um, but yeah, she has reached that era, I think, in her career, her just being a public figure where she ain't got to do much. So a lot of people, I guess they were looking for this, I don't know, these special features or whatever else like that. But the fact to me that she could get up there in this red coat to pay right. tribute to the fashion income and just stand there on this platform and sing these songs lets you just know that she's that. She's that. And not only that, that she's that, is that Jay-Z has presented another opportunity for someone to do something. And given and that you're not blind and the first image that you saw was her with a poking out belly and you didn't think she was pregnant, what you right. expect? What would you expect? She was up flying through the air. Isn't that enough? <laughs> like, yes. come on. They were While all pregnant. in the air. <laughs> While pregnant. Up going up <laughs> They've through never that done air. much like that before ever. So While besides pregnant. So anyway, kudos to Jay-Z. Do your thing, good brother. I mean... They always gonna hate. Why is it always like that? When if we if we got money and we trying to do something and we come back and tap back in, it's always gotta be somebody talking something against something. Ain't it always like that, Chop? That's how it is. Ain't it always like that? Yeah, yeah. It don't mean to cut you off. My video about to die. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We are gone. This is the end of the show. Definitely, we appreciate you. Any last remarks? Y'all gotta holler at Chop. I don't know any of his socials. I don't have any. I'm not on. Look, that. you ain't on that. Look, he's like, I ain't got <laughs> nothing. But if you want to find him, just go around by Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't have any IG or you know Instagram, anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just on Facebook um, under Chuck Lee. Okay. You, wanna, you know, um, definitely, if you have anyone have any ideas, definitely willing to sit down. You know, they're definitely the better Baltimore, better our communities. And, you know, we need to start somewhere, you know. Yeah. Like I said before, can't wait for other folks to, you know, to, take it, to handle our problems. It got to start with yeah. us. You know, if you keep waiting, you just keep waiting and get the runaround. And salute to you for doing what you can, where you're at, but what you got. Because you definitely Appreciate need to be doing that and keeping it rocking. And more people need to be like Chuck. Um, so I know he's working on developing um, his own program to continue what he's doing. But in the meantime, he's still connecting, still partnering Absolutely. with these schools, still doing mentoring. Um, and he's still being of service to his community, protecting, serving with integrity, even though he has retired. So thank you so much, Chuck, for coming. Yeah, you more than welcome. Don't you're be no stranger. I love you here, and you better uh, live. You back Love you back. Living. I'm a man. I ask for him. I, somebody just hit me up, and I definitely uh, friend him. I appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Appreciate it. I really All do. All the time. You know love is love. love. And you my guy. That's All what right. I'm All right. All right. Well, he got to go before a clip off, y'all, and that means that I'm going to be up out of here as well. I thank y'all. I wasn't able to bring up everything because, you know, that's why we get on here. We get that talking. And we get to talking and laughing and yes, and it gets real up in here. But you better live, and I hope you live for it. This is your news. 
our views be ready all the time because it's going to be exposed to be exposed radio it's me the goddess chas chas real the empress lady cake mix make sure you come back through here now next thursday i mean that's the plan next thursday at seven i'm gonna be right here and i hope that you will be joining me okay god loves you god bless you we know what it is and we know what it gives it's more than life to dine so what you better live we gone, y'all. See y'all next week. You better live. You better live.